Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. My name is Brian. I have several of the weirdos joining me. First, we have Mark Valentine. How are you doing tonight, Mark? Feeling pretty good. Good. Dwayne, how are you? Doing great. And Marky, Mark, how are you doing tonight? I am living the dream. As you have heard, Rob is not joining us tonight. Rob leads a much busier life than the rest of the four of us. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but we all just got out of the movie theater on opening night of seeing Black Widow, and we are jazzed, and we want to talk Black Widow. We want to just get this out so you guys can hear us. So if you're joining us on Tuesday night, leave a comment. Let us know you're watching. Thank you for watching, but we wanted to get this out on our podcast for everybody so they can hear our thoughts on Black Widow and let us know what your thoughts are as well. So let's get into it, guys. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you have not seen Black Widow, pause this podcast. Go to Disney Plus. Purchase Premier Access. Go to your local movie theater. Did I say spoiler alert? Yeah. All right. So we got a Shang-Chi trailer ahead of time. Just everybody wanted a Spider-Man trailer. We didn't get it. But we got a Shang-Chi trailer, the one we've already seen. Let's get into the good stuff. We open up Black Widow in Ohio, 1995. Young Natasha has blue hair. You can see that red coming out in the middle. And then young Yelena. Um, very Americanized family. This was not what I was anticipating. Did this catch anybody else off guard a little bit? I liked the, the style of that. I liked the way that they started with them as a sleeper cell. And I thought that was really creative to see how far her roots go. That she was, an, she was an operative as a, as a little kid, as a preteen. I definitely got a vibe of the Americans, the FX show. Um, yeah. Definitely, I think they took some inspiration from that. And I'm like, oh, man. So I thought that was a good vibe. David Harbour's haircut was just <laughs> straight out of Hawkins, Indiana, too. Like, it was, it was just too darn perfect. But that, I mean, that scene with the Piper airplane just really really cool action rachel weiss getting melina getting shot and and young natasha having to fly an airplane at that age i'm so then, glad i'm so glad we didn't have nick fury or um colson come out of the car i'm glad they didn't try to force that in there i'd have been okay with it and then all of a sudden the stranger things russia connection just made so much more sense to me with <laughs> david barber <laughs> yeah i i mean i would have been okay if it would have been colson or but they drop in later in the film, too, that it, that they knew all along that S.H.I.E.L.D. was Hydra. So who were they really working for? Like, I, I mean, to then get Coulson or, or, she, or Fury, I don't know. I, I mean, it was good to get the Hydra reference later in, later in the movie. But no, yeah. it was great. But Dwayne, any of this opening scene, how did this? I mean, you, it was such a great opening scene. It was. It was so good. I, I agree. I liked how it was the... You know, it's the all-American family, you know, playing on the playground, you know, Yelena falls and hurts her knee and it just the whole, the whole thing played out. And then, you know, we're waiting on dad for dinner, you know, and then things <laughs> escalate, shall we say. I think this emotionally set the tone too for that family dynamic for the movie that while mm -hmm. all four of them are playing a role and they're, they're deep undercover that throughout the course of the movie, Yelena really looks at this time as being instrumental. Like it's, she calls it the only happy time in her life. Yep. And, this, and I, I feel like it took a while for her to say it too, but it, this was very real for Natasha that this moment, them around the dinner table, 
you know, the, the backyard, looking at the fireflies, all of that meant something to them. And it was a time in their lives that they really cherished that although they were undercover, that this was, it was real for them. And it was great to see Red Guardian kind of say that too, that they all had an emotional connection to this, this opening scene, that it, it developed the family dynamic for them. And that was kind of fun. Did this, I want to ask you guys though, too, there was a line in that where Natasha talks about her two families. That line kind of gets undone a little bit in Endgame, does it not? That she doesn't really mention this family and kind of says that the Avengers were her only family. Like that didn't make sense to me. I felt like, where did they go? I've been wondering this for two straight years now of how that was going to play out. And I mean, it played out well enough for me. I mean, they can always go back and say like this season, this wasn't even her real family. Like when the movie started, I genuinely still believe Melina and, and Alexi Shostakov to have been her parents. And you'd never really get that confirmed until later in the movie that they're not her official parents. Um, I was wondering what kind of connection they were going to try to make as to who Natasha's real mom was and going with unknown that that was I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they, they were smart talking about forcing. Yeah. Yeah. They filthy, were just filthy junk traders, filthy man. junk traders. I knew that's where we were headed. Um, but I, I mean, I, I can live with it because ever since I found out the family dynamic for Black Widow, what, in July of 2019 at Comic-Con when they announced this movie, I've been okay with it. It just, how were they going to explain away this other family? Where was Yelena? Cause we knew Yelena was going to have a future in the MCU. Where was she during Endgame? Like all that kind of stuff. I think they did well enough that they could. I do think this movie belongs, but right before we got on here, Mark Valentine, I, I know your, your biggest quote unquote hang up with this film is just where it, where it came out. Yeah. I mean, I, we were going to see, I, I was hoping to save this till the end, but it's fine to say it right now. I'm very high on the movie overall, but I really just wish that we had gotten this film, you know, right after civil war or somewhere, somewhere close to that. I feel like Kevin Feige probably looked at, uh, he pro he probably looked at Scarlett Joe and said, Hey, like we really th we're thankful for all that you've done for the MCU MCU. Your character deserved her own feature length film. We're really sorry that you're, we're getting round to it now. But I felt like the film was really just shoehorned into the timeline. And I liked it. But it'll be a fun ad. Like, this will be something fun when I'm watching these chronologically to go back, to throw this film in right after Captain America Civil War. It worked on a lot of levels. It was a lot of fun for me. But it was, if I have to lovingly jab at the film a little bit, it's too, like, it should be... Black Widow, colon, too little, too late. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> too little, too late. I, I'm i usually not one for the, the chronological watch. This one, I, I think I'm with you. I think, especially as we grow out the MCU, they really need to think about where is everybody? Why is this solo superhero doing this all on their own when Taskmaster seems to be such a formidable villain? They explained this one really, really well because how did they how did they refer to Ant Man the uh, the miniature sized convict or whatever they referred to him as in that film? And this is the danger of doing a spoiler review, having seen the the movie only one time. I can't get all the lines right, but having most of those people in jail and then Steve Rogers on the run, that's how Natasha is doing this all on her own. That 
worked really, really well for me. So I'm I'm with you. I think it's going to be really fun to play it right after Civil War. Um, I, I mean, I knew the vest was coming, and we're going to talk about that um, near the end as well. I, I those connections to the greater MCU. I, did it take a little bit away from the movie knowing Natasha was was already dead because of the events of Avengers Endgame? Yeah, and I've been saying that for for two years now. Of is this? I mean, it's my least anticipated film just because it's not advancing the story. Now yeah. the credit scene gets me excited a lot about a lot more about that kind of stuff. But let's let's save that. Yeah, because yeah. I have I have some really great stuff that I I want to talk about that and that after the credit sequence. Um, all of us collectively sitting in the theater. Uh, it was a pretty nice packed house. And I want to talk about the audience reaction to that and credit sequence. The thing I want to ask you, and, and I'm so sorry to do this to you guys. Cause I, I know that for me, it always comes back to star Wars, the, a movie that I love, which is solo. So many people were critical of solo saying while it was enjoyable, the stakes of solo were not high. We know that he's going to get out. We know, we know what his trajectory is. So we know he's going to get free of the maw. We know that he's going to live. We know that Lando's going to live because we know their story is already written in the stars, pun intended. The movie just didn't, it really didn't excite you. It was cool to world build and backfill some of the story in, but there were no stakes. Did you feel like that was the same kind of thing with this? It was great to world build. It was great to get some backstory, but there were so many times, guys, that I just did not feel any stakes in this movie even the greater plot with like sleeper cells and black widows all over the world i kind of eye rolled a bit and was like eh, we know this isn't going to happen because i know what comes after it it's just let's just foil let's foil the bad guy blow up the blow this place up and let's get that cool ass free falling scene i i didn't particularly I, I think they owned it that they know they can't have like her hanging about to fall or some kind of pending death. I know I don't I never got that feeling of that because they knew we already know how this plays out. She makes it the splinter cells. Yeah, that was my first thing of we're going to bring up this whole thing. It would have been really cool had we had the storyline sooner so that maybe the Black Widow splinter cells could have gone somewhere who knows that could have been a really cool TV show, but I, I, I think they it knew happen though. Like it could still happen. That's true. I think they knew not to put Natasha in a situation where they're going to try to make us believe for a second that she could die. I, I never got that feeling, but the splinter cell one, I definitely am with you on that page. Mark, were you disappointed that Christian gray was not in the red room? <laughs> I, you know, I was waiting for the Mark, the Mark Marvel Red Room to finally make its MCU debut. So that, one day we'll get like, that. I feel like we should have at least gotten the line, let me show you my Red Room, Red Room at one point. I felt like just a missed opportunity. As oh, Brian man. shakes his head, my apologies. <laughs> Dwayne, how about you? Did did you feel the stakes were lessened? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit, obviously, you know, we knew, uh, we knew what Natasha, you know, what her end was. Um, I want to go back for a second. Like Mark said, um, the one thing that did jump out at me, I didn't mind it going back and kind of filling in all the blanks. And I, I enjoyed getting the information about her family and Yelena and all that. That was good for me. 
Um, I did, however, while I was sitting right in the theater, have the thought, why didn't we see Yelena in Endgame? And so that did come to mind. You know what I mean? So in that sense, I can agree. Um, but, you know, I did enjoy getting all those uh, kind of those little holes filled in. So, you know, while I wasn't worried that she was going to die, I still thought there was intrigue. I still thought there was there was plenty of action. Oh, 100, you know? You're 100% right. Because there were a lot of things that Brian and I were talking about before you even logged into the to the chat room. I was very happy that we got the backstory finally of Budapest. That we yes. finally found out yeah, the important. that what was so horrible in Budapest that they've now alluded to in three or four movies in the backstory for both Clint and for Natasha. We finally see what the dirty deed was in Budapest that was done all for the mission and the regret that she carried and harbored even into this film. So you're right. Like there's, I don't want people to misconstrue and say like Mark didn't like the movie. I really liked the movie. I, there were two things that I just felt about the movie. One is I thought this movie probably as, and Feige is a master at, at this kind of thing. He's usually very good with thinking two, three, four steps ahead. I don't know why this one was just a one-off and it was just kind of a very weird placement that the first time they ever thought to really like create a black widow standalone film was, after she had died, it just, it kind of, uh, it doesn't make any sense for who Kevin Feige is as the master strategist for the MCU. I felt like it should have come earlier. First and foremost, it's pronounced Budapest. 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 Um, <laughs> no, I, so what I would say to that is, is going back on what Dwayne said of Yelena not showing up in Avengers Endgame, I think the only thing that would have made that a plot hole would have been if Natasha had introduced her to the Avengers. Like, as far as the Avengers are concerned, she doesn't exist. Right. Um, she And she doesn't, like, there's not a Sorcerer Supreme anywhere around that's going to open up a portal to let her in. So I'm good with that. I'm also okay. very much of the belief that she was snapped away, and that also explains how they never would have met. So I'm completely fine um, with how all of that played. And out. on a comical side, Dwayne, just another very plausible thing for you to think of. And it, it's a joke, but it's very plausible that she was just working on her superhero landing and she was trying to perfect it before really injecting herself into the greater MCU. Cause we the, can, hair, the hair flip too, right? We can see in the film, she clearly hasn't, she does not have that down. And there's a little bit of disdain for the superhero landing but we see her give it a shot. It really wasn't up to par when compared with her sister or just the Avengers. So think of it that way, man. The reason she wasn't around, she didn't want to embarrass herself during the final fight up at the, at, up at the Avengers compound. And so she said, listen, I'm going to tap out. I know that we have enough heroes here. I'm going to work on this. I'll be back in a few years. Just got to work on sticking the landing. Really, so. it's important. That, that, that was that was laugh out loud funny. That scene in the in the gas station, and then her trying it again later in the movie. I really, really, really liked I, it. Go ahead. I I think we're all forgetting um, that hero landing is not that hard. I think everybody at home right now listening would love to have a video of the four of us trying it. I think she did pretty good when she did it. Listen, Ryan Reynolds said. Hard on the knees. I can't do it. I'm yeah. for, I'm I'm older. It's hard on the knees. Dwayne and I would have a real tough time with that landing now. Maybe this could be like a bonus feature for your patrons. We could Patreon. 
Dwayne, what do you think about it? Sacrifice our bodies yeah. for the Patreons and, yeah. and the superhero landing? I'm okay. Ha- I'm gonna have to work on it for sure. We can do it. I love that idea, Mark. I'm all. Yeah. I don't need it. And then we'll get back into talking about the film, but going back on your original question, Mark, of did it lessen the stakes? For me, it didn't because I'm looking still to the future of Yelena. I really hope that Alexei Shostakov, Red Guardian, or Crimson Dynamo goes <laughs> up again later in the MCU. Um, so for me, it was it was still the intrigue of those three characters specifically. I knew Drakov was going to meet his end. Um, the the actress who plays uh, Taskmaster, um, Olga, I can't remember her last name. She was actually the runner-up to um, be Wonder Woman. Um, she was beat out by Gal Gadot. Um, so she's, she's a very capable actress when it comes to action scenes and stuff like that. So, I mean... I hope we kind of maybe I, there's there's you don't know what the future what the future holds. So for me, the intrigue was still there, even with the title characters future Hardy having been decided. So uh, 30,000 foot view, Brian, to spin off of that and to and to kind of ask another question. I saw this movie very much as the passing of a baton from Black Widow as Natasha Romanoff to another Black Widow. Uh, did that movie successfully accomplish that for you in your heart and mind? Do we leave this, and are you as excited for our second Black Widow as you are for uh, Scarlett Johansson? And I really quickly, I, for me, yes, that's what this movie did best. I love Yelena Belova. I love I love the character of Yelena. I love Florence Pugh. I'm super super excited about. I love her vest. I love that too. I'll say this real quick. As soon as the movie ended, my 18 year old daughter, that was her take she felt like Yelena stole the show. She felt like she was the, you know, in her opinion, she was the best part of the, the movie. She was. She was. Marky Mark, are you excited about the future of the character of Black Widow? I was until the, I know we're going to get to it. That end credit scene kind of watered it down a little bit for me. So up let's, until uh, let's hold on to it then. What I'll simply say is I love her. She is a great actress, uh, Midsummer and Little Women. She knows how to act. And this movie, she kn- she showed she can carry a big movie. Mm-hmm. She can. She. I also don't think in any of those other movies she showed she could be funny. And she I funny. She definitely was, and she doesn't even have to. She could be more like loud comedic, you know, with the poser stuff that was funny. But then even at the dining room table, where she's like, "I, I didn't even do anything. You can't yell at me. That's not fair." Like I thought that was, I thought it was funny. So I'm ready to see more of her. Um, the vest, you know. I just know every theme park dad out there was like, she gets it. Why we wear the cargo pockets when we go to a theme park. She Thank gets you. it. Thank so, you. Yes. Yeah. I felt vindicated as a, as a 42 year old dad that my cargo shorts were redeemed. Because you know, of this movie. I have just, so many pockets. How could you hate these shorts? There's so many pockets. They're so cool, right? It. Everybody's thinking every guy's going to walk away going, man, red guardian. I can relate to that guy. No. Yeah. It's to her vest. We relate to her character the most in the movie. Thank you. 
All right. Well, we get back into it. We jump to present day, 21 years later, or excuse me, 2016, which puts us right after the events of, of Civil War. Thunderbolt Ross is going after Natasha because she violated the Sokovia Accords, and Natasha is 50 million steps ahead of this guy. Like it wasn't even it wasn't even close. Um, we get Ross with. I mean, there was speculation throughout these this two year hiatus with Ross with the cane of. Is he taking the serum? Is he going to become the Red Hulk? Is he establishing the Thunderbolts? None of that happened in this film. To Mark's point, it very much fits within the timeline of right after Civil War. The only phase four thing in it is establishing the character of Yelena Belova and the post credit scene. So I'm good with the standalone film. Too little, too late may be an accurate statement. I'm still very glad we got this film and I've said it, that it was, that it was my least anticipated just because it wasn't going to advance the story. But I had, I had a whole lot of fun. There was a lot less Thunderbolt Ross than I expected, but Natasha's on the run. She goes, she's got her own very handsome. I will say OT fag Benley plays. I, I don't even know his character's name, um, but I really like that guy. He's got a cool accent. Um, he's, he's her supplier. He sets her up with the, with a bad generator, um, an RV in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, over, again, we talk about speculation over the last two years. Is he tasked? That's not fair, Brian. That's not fair. That's not fair. He can Why do not? a lot more with time and money. That is true. His, uh, really according to the credits, his name is just agent. Oh, there you go. Oh, so you didn't miss anything. All right. Just under, I wonder if he's like, I wonder if he's involved with shield or, or, or sword or anything like agent is, is a bit interesting. I, I hope we get him back. Like he seems to maybe have some sort of, of agent Carter, Sharon Carter level type, maybe introduction. He's not the power broker. Don't worry. It's my feast though. <laughs> um, but uh, Natasha's a James Bond fan, just like the rest of us. Natasha, yes, absolutely. Man. That was that was great. But the generator dies. She's driving back into town, and this is where we get our first action of Taskmaster. Uh, it scared the crap out of me when that car exploded. It, it was coming, and it still scared me. But Dwayne, we got Taskmaster. Oh my oh, gosh! I jumped. Can I just one thing real quick, and Dwayne, it's all you. I really don't want that guy to go on IMDb who needs to post a trivia fact to go. Scarlett Johansson's watching a James Bond movie. Rachel Weiss is married to Daniel Craig, who plays James Bond. You I didn't don't she was married to him. What? You don't need to be that. Well, apparently you do need to be that guy for it people like Roger, Brian out there. It was Roger Moore, though. It was not Daniel Craig. No, I know, movie. but I'm just waiting for that. IMDb try or guys quick, quick aside ready don't don't overthink it best bond on three two one Brian Sean Connery Mark Pierce Brosnan Dwayne really? Sean Connery Roger Mark? Moore Roger Moore All right I, I'll I'll even give a shout out to Lazenby I really enjoyed his James Bond I grew guys I grew up with Roger Moore that I like Roger Moore home team yeah, yeah I grew up with him. I grew up on Pierce Brosnan, but I, I, he's still not my personal favorite, but I, I can understand that completely. Dwayne, we meet Taskmaster for the very yes. first time. Taskmaster so is not even going after Natasha. Yeah, I thought that was cool. But uh, to back up to like you said, I, I, even though we had seen some of that you know, before, I wasn't really thinking that's where we were. And I mean, I jumped out of my seat when it happened. It was like, now I was in RPX, 
the sound and everything. I was like, I mean, you know, startled. And then uh, as they started fighting, when she realized that the Taskmaster wasn't after her, I thought that was really, like, interesting. And then it was on from there, which that whole scene, I think, really kind of, it was almost like they shifted into the next gear and it, it took off. I was super happy about this scene and I, we did skip over the introduction of Yelena that we didn't spend a bunch of expedition exposition time within this film of, of showing you that Yelena was under this mind control and that there was this serum that was going to snap them out of it. They got that done and over with really, really quickly. And I think that was a very smart decision because the visuals of that really just played itself off. They had this just regular briefcase that you could tell right away when it showed up in Natasha's luggage in Norway that it was what it was. Um, but I still didn't expect Taskmaster to necessarily be going after that instead of going after Natasha. That was that was kind of a cool thing. But showing Taskmaster is, are they just a robot? Like, this this better not just be a robot. Like, we need somebody to be behind that mask. Where, Mark, Mark, what did you think of Taskmaster? I, I'm a little sad. I thought Taskmaster... Like Taskmaster, I wish, I wish we could have more. I and who's to say we won't? Um, but uh, I would have loved to have seen a fight between Taskmaster and Captain America. I know what happens in the comics. Don't come at me, but I'm talking about an MCU. Um, I that villain was scary. Mm -hmm. That was scary. Um, the reveal. I know some people might be mad at it, but I'm not. I was I was digging that plot twist. I'm good with it. I don't yep. hate it. Um, Did anybody it, figure it out while watching the movie? Right I away. Right away. Yeah. When they kept bringing up the daughter, right. That's I'm when. like, I was just like, uh, and I was just like, are they going to do it? And then when it happened, I'm like, I'm yep. good with that. I don't have a problem with it. Um, yeah, I made the immediate connection. With the daughter because i thought it was robotic or or part of it was an android or, or just you you could tell that whoever was in there was being physically enhanced by some kind of cybernetic right and when they kept bringing up the daughter and her injuries i was like it's the daughter he's corrupted and turned the daughter into a killing machine literally but that mm -hmm. scene on the bridge where they're fighting and then they stop and they're just looking at each other i'm like I, there's nothing happening and yet this is extremely intense. Like my anxiety is going up right now. And that was great. Mark, Mark Valentine, the introduction of Taskmaster. To, to say something that Mark, that I was clapping and air clapping when he was saying it, if you aren't watching the video that we're dropping on Tuesday, when he said the only regret that I had about Taskmaster was that I wanted more of the character. I'm really excited that uh, a lot of times films will, for the sake of, they, they kill the bad guy. Um, it's nice to see, and, and again, spoiler alert, Taskmaster does not die. We're gonna, we can, we can get her again, and we can see her in future projects. I'm really excited about the future of Taskmaster, and I'm hoping that she's used in the Thunderbolts, or she's used somewhere, that we get to see this character move forward. Um, but that scene, that reveal of her was menacing. Like it was probably one of the best drops of a character that we that we really have gotten. Aside from Thanos, when we really got Thanos for the first time in uh, in 
I'm sorry, uh, Infinity Infinity War. Uh, up until then, like he's making predictions and whatnot, but we really haven't seen him in combat. That first drop of Thanos was like, damn, yeah. this dude is scary. Yeah, that was kind of on the same level with Taskmaster. It was like, I don't want to mess with this thing. I don't yeah. want to mess with this this Taskmaster. Dude. The costume, everything was just oh, was yeah. great, epic, great. It costume was amazing so i do want to say gentlemen no need for you guys to to rub my nose in it that i had said i thought i didn't know how but i had a very clint barton vibe from taskmaster from just going off of the trailer i was obviously wrong in thinking that it was hawkeye somehow corrupted but then when we got the description of taskmaster's abilities in that in the, the robotic sense, it watches someone else's fighting style, copies and emulates it. I felt a little bit better that was like, okay, now I don't feel bad that I was like, it's fighting just like Clint, because it was literally, she was literally fighting like Clint. She had stolen his swagger and was fighting like Hawkeye. When we when we meet Taskmaster in that video room, in the trailers, we've seen Taskmaster watching all kinds of things we've seen in the MCU before, most specifically the hallway fight scene of Natasha Romanoff in Iron Man 2. But in the film itself, the only thing we see Taskmaster watching and learning from is Clint versus T'Challa at the airport scene in Captain America Civil War. All it makes me think is how did they get that footage? But I mean, that is what it is. The actress that plays Antonia Drakov is Olga Kroylenko, I believe is how it's pronounced. She's best known as Camille um, in Quantum of Solace, the James Bond film. So another James Bond connection there. Um, but she was the runner up to Gal Gadot for, for Wonder Woman. So very capable actress. Really, really cool. I'm with you guys. I hope we get more of her. Um, obviously, she's not going to be the same without the capabilities of, of being able to analyze the fight pattern um, to steal something directly from Friday and in Civil War. But uh, I mean, it it really worked for me. Again, I would have loved to have seen more of the character, um, but it was she was menacing, man. Like she was really, really cool. I thought that was I thought that was really, really well done. Well, the agent apparently that's his name. Ot Fagbinley's character is agent. He tells Natasha that somebody else is living in her flat in Budapest, and so Natasha goes to find out there because she's been sent these antidotes. Uh, where's the antidote, Mr. Jones? Uh, but um, she goes antidote to what? <laughs> to the poison. That you, you just drank that poison. You just drank. That was my menacing laugh. Sorry. We, we get Please turn into United We Fans, Indiana Jones Epic Podcast Spectacular <laughs> Part 1 and 2 if you would like to know more references. We get... Again, and I, I am not going to hold the marketing for this film against it whatsoever. It got dealt an impossible card of coming out 14 months later than anticipated. They tried to make the most of it. I wish we had gotten it on premiere access during the pandemic, but what's done is done. I think Disney's going to actually perform very well on premiere access this weekend. And I think they're anticipating about $150 million opening weekend. I think it's going to work out in Marvel Studios favor. Did this movie need to be released in theaters to be successful, gentlemen? Yeah, I'm glad I saw it in a theater. I think Fast and Furious is proving that theaters are coming back. Or sorry, F9, if you're a keyboard person. <laughs> and if that, I mean, if that movie can bring back movie theaters, just 
wait and see what Sean. Well, Sean it's it's because it's the family, guys. It's the family. It is the, the family. family. This family is our family room right here. Yeah. But like I said, not to get on the marketing for this film, but we've seen this this fight before of Natasha and Yelena meeting. It 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 establishes very very quickly that Yelena is a very capable capable character and then the widows are coming in because they know that Yelena cut out her tracker she's no longer part of it and then they're all of a sudden on the same team which didn't take very long at all after they call a truce of strangling each other with with a curtain but Mark Valentine the introduction of Yelena to to Natasha here did that work Fun for you fact a curtain is a deadly weapon when used appropriately uh that was I mean it was awesome it to me it had a very born uh, yes. I felt like this was the Romanoff identity. Yes. Yes. It had but a very born fight sequence vibe to it. Uh, very cool. I love that's one of the things I love of all of the, the Jason Bourne films is that that fighting style. It's very acrobatic um, to the point of where you're wondering how either one of the fighters are are physically functioning by the end of the mm -hmm. fight. It's like, man, they took some they took some shots, uh, but it was great. Listen, it was great to establish her as a physical specimen in terms of that, that was her introduction. Like when happy is toying with Natal and then she like on like dismantles happy, very similar to that, that we're like, okay, we want to establish that Yelena is a specimen. Boom. There you go. She's skilled. So you don't need to, you don't need to question I like it. Yeah, she's she's the heir apparent, and here's I present as Exhibit A the apartment fight. Yeah, the the comparison to Born is one hundred percent spot it was on. Screaming to me in these yeah. scenes for sure. Ab absolutely, it was spot on. Well, we we get a cool action sequence. Yelena blows the door off of the car, makes the. Makes the person fall off of the motorcycle. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> it's a crap plan. Um, so, but Taskmaster shows up with no regard for whatever is around that tank, like just coming through the entire city. Like I thought that 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 again, that all really worked for me. We get the Clint Barton style uh, bow and arrow coming out of the tank again. Another shot we've seen in multiple marketing material. Um, but we end up in the subway. And we end up in a air vent that Clint and Natasha hung out in for two days. I two thought days. that was pretty cool. Marky Mark, anything there? I Mark, I'm glad you brought up the Bourne movies. I, I was trying to put my finger on like th these movies feel very different. And you can tell they're inspired. The motorcycle chase scenes, the type of combat fighting. It's definitely Bourne, which I think are very highly underrated action oh. flicks. Um, I love even, I even an I underrated, even an underrated stunt show for the theme park. Oh, um, so freaking good! I think it's amazing. Coming, so, show. Coming soon to United We Fan the Born Saga. Yeah, oh, let's do it. Yes. Um, but I, the air vent scene, you see them like I just like that it dug more into their relationship. I was sad we won't really get a Black Widow Hawkeye movie. I thought that had a lot of potential, kind of like a. Well, Mr. you will. Mrs. Smith, you will. But... You'll get it. You'll get something Black Widow, just not that Black Widow. Oh, oh. series as well. True. Yeah, but not the same. But um, yeah, I thought that was fun. They got a rare. 
I think I laughed though. I was the only one who laughed when they thought they got away and then Taskmaster's tank like plows through someone and does like a quick turn and is like there and it's just like, I'm here, hi. <laughs> like, like, let me love you. Come here. Just chasing them. But yes, I agree. The tank had no mercy. If you're in its way, whatever. We're going to clear that path. And then landing in the subway, I thought was a, a very cool action scene. Um, it didn't get to the point. It, it teased it at times, but it didn't get to the point like Fast and Furious is doing where people are just walking away so easily from oh. things. Yeah, but it didn't. It, it there's one or two points where I'm like, uh, no, no, that was a good we'll back in. dude. Either. You're spot on right now. Yeah, you're yeah. spot on. I had that. I had that exhale that I was like, how are people walking away from yeah. these massive accidents right now without yeah. scratch on them? I just thought it was a commercial for a BMW and how good the roll cage is. Oh my right? god, very nice. You know, it, it's funny uh, when you were talking about. Um, the tank, the Taskmaster was was driving. That's the first thing I thought of. I said that is very Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> and and I went and saw F nine. I know, I I know you can hit slay me later for seeing it. But Fredo was driving. I, I, I saw like, it. And and just yeah. side note, I actually thought it was really funny how they poked fun at themselves yes. in F nine. You have but to. Anyhow, I still thought it was funny, but I, I definitely see that connection as well. They're have almost you this, aware. Have you seen the TikTok where the guy's like, they're in a spaceship and he's like, I'm going out. He's like, but you can't breathe in space. He's like, you can if you're family. <laughs> they're just, they're just, you could do anything if you're family, basically. Uh, real quick. There are way too many family memes on the internet right now. Like the Bernie Sanders memes were good because 95% of them were funny. It's the opposite for me for these family memes. There's some funny ones, but it's just too much for me. Too much of a good thing right now. Too much family. Too yeah. much. That is, a, that is a thing. Well, we go and we we learn quickly that Yelena has met um, Agent before because he kind of references the apartment and how she ruined it and, and all that. But Natasha learns quickly that Yelena has no clue where the Red Room is. The Red Room, they are sedated going in and out to, to protect where it is where its location is really easy way to explain why nobody knows where it is. The fact that it's also in the clouds. I don't know how the helicarrier never came across it, but I mean, that's fine. I'm, I'm good. I thought that was actually a cool little twist, putting it up, putting it up in the sky. Please ignore the, giant, above the radar, right? Please ignore, ignore the giant floating space station that's in the visible atmosphere. No, no, no. There was a cloud hiding it. I uh, mean, Let's face it, the Red Room is in a gray area, and you could say it's 50 shades of cloaked. So we um, learn that Yelena doesn't know where the Red Room is. <laughs> Brian moves on. <laughs> they think they know that who who does it. Like The fact that they had to bust Alexei Shostakov out of a Russian prison um, was a lot of fun. And so all the stories that he is telling about his fights against Captain America in 1983. And he gets called out by it, by a guy who I swear is a stunt double at the Indiana Jones stunt show at Walt Disney World. He looked just like him from behind. But did you guys notice that after Red Guardian broke his wrist that we got it like flopping around? Yes. That was, that was intense. Steven Seagal-like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Red Guardian 
oh man, he was he was my favorite part of this movie. He was hilarious. I loved everything yeah. about David Harbour's character of Alexei Shostakov. Um, we were talking right before we came on, and I'm going to throw this to Marky Mark. Of we get a Red Guardian action figure, and how much he loves his own personal theme song. <laughs> that that scene with the action figure, um, you you just saw how much he's fallen from glory. And, but I mean, the guy is still very useful. He gives you tips on how to fight off frostbite on your hands. So very <laughs> oh, practical. Uh, that was um, awesome too. All it reminded me of is friends when he's like, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stage fright. <laughs> you know, normally you'd probably be pissed if that happened, but he wasn't. <laughs> he handled it. Oh. Ryan. So I know that joke is a number one. I mean, thank God it wasn't a number two. Like, it's it's my number one joke. So, um, Brian, don't hate me. You're into this joke. You're into it. Anyways, so the action figure. Mark, Brian, you're insane. I know. I'm sorry. Maybe Brian's not. Okay, as maybe. you're into it, as I think it's a good idea. So, okay, so Wait, I, getting peeved. Oh. No, so I'm gonna tinkle on. So here we go. I them that one was. Just, I know. Um, hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go and make a joke, you know. Um, so him opening his mail and you seeing him like thinking he's top dog. And then the guards have no respect for him. Like nobody in Russia apparently respects him anymore. He's they're eating the treats that was sent to him. Apparently yeah. they needed more butter or something like that. Um, and you see the action figure, like, oh, he was like, he was something. And you just saw the sadness on his face. And then the head popped off. His head fell off. His head fell off. And. I I was actually really sad, and then quickly when they you realized no 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 it's supposed to fall off. There's an earpiece in it. God, there were so many earpieces in this movie. Um, but the earpiece was in. It. I was just like, oh okay, yeah, it's not a broken toy. It's still good. It's a collectible. That's fine. Red Guardian so, did not get an earpiece when he deserved one, though. <laughs> Are you there? I have to tell you something. <laughs> But I so we we get this this breakout scene. We've seen Natasha do the flip in the superhero yeah. land many many times in that white suit, which that costume is really cool. Yeah. Um, I I genuinely thought that the prison breakout is what was going to lead to the free fall scene later on. So the entire time I'm just trying to figure out how is this going to fall from there, and we're yeah. going to have this free fall. Uh, but we get the avalanche. Everybody's running away, and Alexi thinks he's going to get left at the last minute. Um, but Mark Valentine, this prison breakout, I mean, it was, it was great. The prison breakout was a lot of fun. It had some humor in it. Uh, the, the funniest moment of which was after she fires the RPG and goes, ha, like, like, kind of like, <laughs> it's like you shoot at me, I shoot back. And then that was funny, but then you hear the low rumble and the crackle and you go, oh my gosh. They've started a massive avalanche and then everyone starts running like guard and prisoner start running for their lives that I, then I was like, man, this is, this is really up there. This is high up there in terms of uh, the quality that this scene's delivering. The, you know, here's the thing that I really enjoyed about the movie to go back. 
the action sequences right away from the plane to the uh, the first fight with Taskmaster, there were not a lot of quiet moments. There wasn't a lot of boring moments in this film. Just one action sequence after another. But then the the scenes that you got, those quiet character building moments, were really successful in connecting the action of the film. There's a lot of times that the scenes are just like brutal and you're just like, get me on to the next action sequence. I felt like the moments in between really were great. And then when you had these huge set piece moments, it really just took that film to the next level. And again, I, I love this film. I just, I really wish it, it had dropped a little bit sooner. Right after the avalanche starts and she's still flying the helicopter. She's just like staring ahead. Like she did nothing wrong. It's really, it's really funny. He gets on the helicopter and he assumes that they just can't hear him because he's not wearing a headset. So he puts the headset on and, and goes through the entire apology or whatever he was like, or not an apology, but what should have been an apology. But Dwayne, just breaking him out of the prison, I, I would assume you had as much fun as we did. Oh, uh, yeah. It was super. I loved it. Um, the action. I like when she told him, you know, uh, she was like, you know, don't cause a scene. And he's just knocking everybody out, busting doors down. She's like, uh, you caused the scene, didn't you? But the guards, the guards have clearly been tasked on keeping him in prison. The second something happens, Red Guardian's trying to get out. So. Yeah. yeah. Can we can we so just cool. talk about for a second? Marvel does prison escapes very well, gentlemen. I need that guy's arm very well, I, and not just this like, one. They it's it's like they if they were Michelangelo, it's like the medium that they dabble in. They're like, yeah. let's do another wonderful prison escape. It reminded me, like, we're talking about this movie took inspirations. It reminded me a little bit, not in a rip-off way, from Mission Impossible 4, when Tom Cruise is escaping from that Russian prison. I I love the whole idea of you, you kind of have to go through, like, levels as you would a video game. Like, go through one level, break out. Yay, nope, nope, you got another one to go. I like that it's not just... Mm -hmm. I just got to get through one door. No, that's adorable. You've got to get through several doors. Yeah. So, I I had shades of the ice box from Deadpool two. I was just waiting for Juggernaut yeah. to show up. That's kind of yeah. that was those were kind of the. I the worked. I, I worked under the assumption that the only reason that he hasn't escaped is because of how remote it is. That even if he is right. to get out, he'll probably just freeze to death. Right. I took it as he didn't want to because inside there he was kind of a celebrity it's one of the few places where he was still a celebrity yeah yeah that's that's true and he he was very proud of that we learn at the same time i mean we knew but the characters learn that melina's still alive they go to melina's house she has quite the security setup she knew they were on the property well before they got mm -hmm. to the fence she could have shot him if she wanted to um, but she's training these pigs to do basically whatever she wants to when she gets that pig to stop breathing like that was legitimately concerning like that was scary and they you don't come back from they, that they built a really good story around how they're psychologically controlling these women um in the red room and how melina has been involved in this and kind of the guilt she feels because of it and but she doesn't know like once yelena comes out and says tells melina hey this is I was one of those people like that's when she flips and is able to be the hero for the rest of the film that she comes out being. Go ahead, Mark. Guys, what was the silence of the lambs movie where the guy is like raising the boars and he calls Hannibal, Hannibal right? Yeah. He calls Carlos, 
Put the boars on. Let me hear them. How are the boars? My Is that your Gary Oldman? Is that your Gary Oldman? <laughs> How are the boars? <laughs> That's the, like the vibe oh, I got. They sound hungry. Yeah. They sound hungry. They yeah, sound hungry. <laughs> the, wow. Wow, Mark. That's pretty good. Wow. The three women are sitting down for dinner as a family while they listen to the Crimson Dynamo the Red Guardian, try to squeeze himself into his suit. And as far as he's concerned, it comes out fitting just right. Dwayne, I know you like this. Still fits. Yeah, yeah we've all fits. been there. Dwayne and I are right. Listen, Dwayne <laughs> and I were like, we felt triggered by that sequence. I, I have <laughs> been there all too often. Still fits. <laughs> you know, I, can I, was like, fit, I can still fit a medium t-shirt. Yeah, or or your uh, your. Your tuxedo, you know, right? From oh, 10 years my ago. Good. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I, that whole scene, actually, when they're sitting at the table and they're having that conversation and the Red Guardian uh, putting his suit on, that was funny. But then when they all come to the table, and I know you're probably getting ready to get there, but that that sequence when they're they're talking and, you know, we're starting to find out, you know, what was real, what wasn't real, you know, the feelings that Yelena had. And you start to to kind of really grow that family. Yelena's the only one willing to admit that it was real to her. Everybody else is like, oh, it was the mission, even though they don't want to admit that they all feel the same way. Yeah, that was really. I was just worried about the pig. I didn't think that pig had 11 seconds left. Yeah. I'm sorry. The pig falls right over. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I didn't get caught up in that emotional moment. I was just too distracted and worried about the pig. (laughs) Well, so was Black Widow. She was like, okay, enough. I get it. I get it. I thought she was making bacon for a minute. Like that. Oh, yeah. I do this all the time. Then, yeah, you breakfast. Know, pork. It's what's for dinner. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. So, but they, they do they do a, a very convincing, easy, I mean, not easy, but a convincing way of getting Natasha and Melina in one room and getting Alexi and Yelena in the other and Yelena's very afraid of, of all the urine jokes that are headed her way. Um, I I know how that I know how that feels. Um, but Melina You're into it, Brian. immediately apologizes, says the red room's on the way. And with the amount of ships that they send, there's absolutely no getting out of it. Did anybody anticipate the twist that Natasha was actually posing as Melina? No, that was awesome. That was I, a good twist. I had an idea when she opened up the cabinet and I saw the two um, chameleon face covers there in the corner. I'm like, oh, oh good. Got- oh, right. good yep. Yeah, she had them it. in the closet there. And I'm like, OK, we're going to use those. Did I know that that's what it was? No, but I knew they were going to come into play. So I wasn't quite there yet. Drakov put it together before I did. Like Drakov says, like I know what it's like to stare in the eyes of my daughter. When I was like, oh, okay, oh, and then oh, that's what he meant. Okay. I mean, I was proud of myself. I caught it when she was getting him to hit her. I was like, oh, she wants her nose broken so she can't smell anymore. That I caught, but no. Did Drakov? What were your feelings on him? I just, I don't know. He. He just he did straight out of the Kingsman. Yeah, I don't know. His well, character was shortchanged. How did you feel about him as as a villain? Again, I think that this is where I was underwhelmed in that I, I know he's not going to be successful. I know that 
he's just grandstanding and monologuing much like a bond villain that this is just it's I, I i found myself in those moments just like please get done monologuing so we can get to whatever it is that we're going to get but to that's what mm-hmm. natasha does she yeah. gets the villains to monologue so she can get the information that's mm-hmm. why we did that reference back to avengers where she said thank you for your cooperation yeah like, I like that. see for me for me he he achieved what what he was supposed to achieve he was the misogynistic and they didn't hit you over the head with this but he yep. very much saw women as lesser and he mm-hmm. was getting them to do the dirty work because he was weak for me his look didn't i mean screamed very russian to me which which was fine i i actually like that this the story that they that they built around him being just kind of the guy that pulls the string thinks he's as as powerful as anybody when really he can't really do anything the ring and and pulling up everything on the screen i mean all that was 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 fine um but having those sleeper cells around and like you talked about earlier mark i we may get more of those sleeper cells and yelena going around and actually having to do a a a born identity type of deal of trying to break these widows from their mind control um or we're just going to gloss over it and we're that's where yelena's been and that's why she's now going to enter the mcu working for Contessa Valente, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, but um, I, I'm, I'm good either way. He was very, he was very Bond villain type. Yeah. But it, I'm, I'm happy we didn't spend the entire film of, of, of girls are better than or or whatever all this time. Uh, the sexism within the industry. We've we've dealt with this for a really long yeah, time. There was there was a message of empowerment that was in the film, but again, it was it was well done. It didn't beat yeah. you over the head, right? And I I loved that aspect of the film. It's great. Like I I love I love these films with a, with a female hero. I like the fact that both that both of the of the widows all all of the widows actually were were the strongest component of the film. Yeah. I just mark spoke about this when he was talking about I wanted more taskmaster and less you know less bond villain let, let me ask a question um since you brought up taskmaster again um when they're in the red room there and uh they're talking about taskmaster and the chip that's in her neck and all that um is it possible that we still see the taskmaster because yes she was on under mind control but she has that chip, so she's still, you know, going to be super, right? No, they'll, they'll just reformat her. Like when you get a new iPhone, you just reformat. They'll be, they'll be fine. I get it, but my point is, is she's going to have that power, right? She'll still have that oh, kind yeah. of power. She just got to go find Omega and Wrecker and all those guys in the Bad Batch. They know how to get it removed. I I was creeped out though in the beginning when the one girl like said smile after she put the new chip in her. I was oh like, man, oh. yeah. That was a creepy moment. Thank, thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. It's like nightmare fuel tonight. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. Sleep tight under your bed. <laughs> Marky, Marky Mark referenced it. She There's this pheromone, which, I mean, was fine for me. It was a little bit like you smell him, so therefore can't hurt him. Like I, I body spray. I kept an I kept a case I kept a can in the desk for emergency. Uh, but <laughs> is that enough, enough for two, uh, two Tony stocks? <laughs> um, but I mean that was okay. She knew it was coming. That's how she got him monologuing, like Mark talked about. 
Um, but Marky Mark, when we get to that point of of her breaking her nose and the widows basically coming to save him, and we get Natasha versus however many of them, that was a great fight scene. It was great, but a little too easily resolved. Um, I think it went back to, well, we know we can't put her in too much peril because you know nothing bad seriously is going to happen to her. Um, but one or two resolutions were, they weren't frustratingly easy, but they were like, man, you could have drawn that out. I would have maybe maybe a little longer of a fight scene because I thought it was a pretty epic like BA fight scene, but I, I was good with it as a whole. But just seeing the Black Widows like merge on her and all the different weapons, and then they got her. I, I think I would have just liked to draw it out just a tad more. Yeah, Brick killed a guy with a trident. <laughs> yeah, Brick, oh, we yeah. didn't mean to talk to you about that. You should probably do that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <my> sorry. <laughs> Where did that come you from? You know what? Just throw me off for the. I. I'm sorry to all the to all the fans of the weirdos. I apologize. I apologize. I mean, for my constant joking, I'm gonna get serious. I'm gonna get serious. My bad. If it makes you feel better, I almost said that scene reminded me a lot of Tough to Be a Bug when Hopper says, "You're over targets, Black Widow spiders, jump!" And then that scene, you just had all the little Black Widows from the mob boss jumping down on her. It screamed very Tough to Be a Bug. See, now I had. Uh, the throne room vibes from the last, uh, or I'm sorry, oh, from the uh, last Jedi. Yeah, I had I had throne oh, room from, vibes last, from Jedi. last Jedi. I just yeah, with the I mean, variety of weapons and and well, just the, it wasn't that anticlimactic with a big buildup, so it wasn't like that level of last oh, I Jedi. Like that. See, uh, we got to get you on Bobby's freaking podcast, man. No. We got to return. Yeah, it's got to happen. Dwayne, did you like this fight scene as much as the rest of us? <laughs> Bring us back, Dwayne. I did actually. I've, I I like the action, um, and you know she was doing all right there for a while, and just the numbers numbers got her eventually. Yeah. And uh, you know now I understand what Marky Mark's saying. Um, there was one point though where they're holding her, and they're just taking turns. I mean they are just one right after another to punch the kick. But I was like, I was like, hey, it's. I mean, yeah, you know nothing's gonna be you know ending there, but it's like. Uh, okay, this is kind of getting rough. <laughs> that slide so, kick to the face. Oh my god. Yeah. That's I mean, again, the action sequence is really great, really great. But we get we get Natasha getting the all the list of of force sensitive users. I mean the <laughs> the list of black widows from around the world. Um and I mean all that like watching list. Mission Impossible. It's a knock list. Yeah, <laughs> watching her pop her nose back into place was something I didn't need. Like I didn't need that. I it just—it was badass. It was worth it. I'm yeah, good it with tough. it. I like it. But Yelena yeah. is the one that finally is able to finish off killing Drakov. She says, "Find the body." They don't find the body, but it's pretty confident that that dude is gone. Um, the way she did that was cool. Shoving that uh, that pull into the into the uh helicopter jet engine um was really cool but she falls and this is my really my biggest complaint out of the film like i said i'm not going to be hard on this film from a marketing standpoint but they didn't stretch out how long the fall was a la 
Fast and the Furious, especially the I think it's the fifth one where that that three quarter mile stretch of road lasts for like 26 real miles or whatever. Like gravity pulls you down quickly. And in this film, it pulls them down very quickly. So the free fall scene, I was very much looking forward to it. It was really cool on the Dolby. It's the biggest reason why I'm glad I saw this movie on the big screen. That scene where she turns around, drags down and Taskmaster comes up from behind her. I really wish I hadn't seen that before I saw this movie. Mm, yeah, it's a good point. I, I expected there to be more to the free fall scene, but to their credit, it wasn't unrealistically a long drop to the ground. Props to the cronies who in the midst of plummeting to their inevitable death, because yeah, none of them were, yeah, <laughs> none of them were outfitted with parachutes had the wherewithal to keep hands on their rifles <laughs> and still firing as they plummeted in the last, in the final minutes of their lives said, my last act on this earth is that I'm going to take this bitch out. I thought, I thought the exact same thing when it was happening. And then, and then red guardian has no like, control of what he's doing and he just destroys the the ship or destroys the plane because he just throws the shield through the windshield but Dwayne the free fall scene it was very cool it it reminded me of um the falcon and winter soldier uh you know scene yeah. where we had flying through the helicopter and everything uh I, I thought it was really cool very very neat uh the way it was done the action the you know just kind of saving her sister you know there's a whole lot there for me and uh i just i enjoy it i was taking it in just trying to be you know like the super fan just kind of yeah. sitting there taking it all in and to me that that scene was was really good one one more one more thing that i just want to point out uh the the kind of the craziness of not just guys falling to their death and and like seemingly being okay with it uh when that thing hit the ground I expected a much worse impact and and a, a devastation of the surrounding area. Like we had a, uh, uh, we had a. Uh, it wasn't that high up. Yeah, but we had like a Zakovian level catastrophe on our hands with the size of that thing, and it just like kind of was big. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a bigger deal when it when it actually touched down than it than it was. But I'll tell you what, someone someone's backyard is gonna clean up on aisle six for a while. That someone's gonna be really mad. I hope they got debris removal on their insurance policy. That's all I'm gonna say. We didn't draw out uh, the fight with Taskmaster much on the ground. We knew Natasha finally learned how to remove the helmet. She does. She breaks her out of it, and Natasha gets to clear the red on her ledger that she's been wanting to do forever, and that's to apologize to Antonia Drakov. And she didn't think she was ever gonna get that chance. Did we really get an apology though? Because I feel like there, I feel like it should have been a little bit more specific. Not just like I'm sorry. She should have been like, I'm sorry about your face. Oh my you know? god! Like, yeah. It was just. It was like, are you really sincere? What are you? <laughs> I, never were, this late at night ever again. Yeah. If I were the taskmaster, I think I would have like gone back it and be like, really? Are you really sorry? What are you sorry for, Natasha? What are you sorry for? This? Brian, look, I think he's he's face. all he's all jacked up on Josta. <laughs> Just it's, that, it's that slushy. <laughs> it's that giant jumbo slushy that you get at the movies. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry for your face. Oh my god, it looks like a topographical map of the mountains. <laughs> looks like Freddy Cougar. <laughs> sorry, yeah, somewhere somewhere in the world, Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds is going. It's not that bad. <laughs> I've seen worse. Like I want to make all the Deadpool references, but I can't on this show. Oh. But again, I apologize. I'm anyways. I everybody I think, hits the ground alive, so that's good. Yeah. I was anyone else, uh, maybe a little shortchanged on that fight as well. Um, Red Guardian, who's Super Soldier Serum, who's out of shape, got his butt kicked. We saw that Natasha against the Winter Soldier didn't have the best luck, and Taskmaster, she knows how to fight. Like I. I, I feel like Natasha got the better of her a, a little quickly. Um, now, granted, they did just fall from a floating space station. Um, you know, I feel but, like if that fight had been protracted, it would not have gone well for Natasha. I think she I agree. probably made the smartest tactical decision, knowing that she could not win that fight, which was, I have to get the helmet off, and I have to smash this and get yeah. and close her as quickly as possible. So that that didn't bother me. It, well, that, I... I thought the film her doing that. It's just I felt like she got the helmet off quickly. I think is what I was going for. I think the film. So here would be my only my only critique. I thought the film then after that point just wrapped up really quickly. In a film that was filled with emotion, it was really drawn out. They had a really great uh, feeling for the tempo of the film. I never once had any problems with the tempo of the film and the flow of the film itself. I felt like it resolved quickly, get to the and and like get to the shot of her in the sun standing with all the stuff behind her, end of film. And then I was like, please do some, please do something, please give me something after credits because I just I need something better than than the way that this film it wrapped up quickly. It and I call it the Transformer ending. That oh. I love the Trans- dude, I love the Transformer films, but it's like getting right? in there. The Transformer films, you go from like my face, my warrant. Yes, a minute, a minute and a half early, earlier. It's like there was this epic thing going on, and then all of a sudden, you just get like, you know, cue cue the music. I am Optimus Prime, and I'm putting out this message to the universe. Like yeah. I felt like it was that sort of ending, minus an Optimus Optimus Prime voiceover, that it was just like, okay, film over. Thanks for coming. Enjoy. I really want to know how she got out of that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Rob, why didn't Ross take her in or how did she get away from him? Dude, it just wrapped up so quickly. And then it's like, we're back and she's flying off in the Quinjet to go break them out of prison. Because we know she, they weren't friends. Like when they met up in infinity war, they're not friends. No. So I like, did she just kick all their butts? Like, did she last minute say, it just, mm, no, yeah. bye. It was just like, okay, we're done. We're not going to write anything else in. Hope yeah. you had a good time at the movies. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And then, guys, to get – so then I, I mentioned this before, and I said I want to save this to the end. So then I'm in a pretty packed theater. Everyone at that moment, I'm not kidding you, the pulse of the room, everyone was looking around, and you could feel the mood and the vibe was like, that's it? That can't yep. be it. That can't yep. be it. And a dude – that was a row up for me was like, please tell me I didn't wait a year and a half for that. Like that, that's all I'm going to get. And I went, Oh snap, that guy said it. And then the end credit played 
with Contessa Valentina. Well, Bryan. you had the the you had the little scene after that before the mid. Yeah, but no, no. After that scene, after she flies yeah. off in the quinj- after yeah. she flies off, someone physically said that as we're waiting for the credits. Uh, that's what I was worried about. Is this film was never built up to be the end all be all of of any. I know, any- I know, Brian. But people expect. I know, but now. The problem is with these films, people expect them to be interconnected. We've been so spoiled that we forget what it was like in phase one. We forget standalone films. We've been trained to get out of that mode where everything is connected. There's a big bad that there's always what's the next thing. Oh, the, the end credits are going to like blow our minds. There's going to be a drop that may. And so the end credits play and she's at the grave. And it goes off. I'm not kidding. And I like I don't I don't want to say I added to the sentiment. There was an audible groan from the audience of that's it. We waited that long and that's all we get. Like, who cares? And I was like, ooh, man, rough. So I don't, I mean, I don't think that's fair at all. I don't listen, I don't know if it's fair or not, but I'm telling you, that was like a real thing from a lot of people. That's how it was in my theater. Some yeah. people were like, oh, that's that's it. Okay. Yeah. That, that does go to what you were saying, Mark, is if it would have played better if it if it came out between Civil War. But Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange was not that long ago. Like we've still had standalone films. We're introducing, granted, she's a character that's been around for a long time, but we're introducing new characters of Shang-Chi, the Eternals, just all I mean, we're getting the marvels of that's going to be its own standalone thing. Like, I it, it get used to it. Like, so, we're going to get the, the wider it gets, especially these Disney Plus series are going to yeah. be very standalone. And I get that. I get that. So here's so here's just me dreamcasting. Or if I so let let me just pretend. I'm not yelling second. at you. I'm not yelling no, no. at you. But let me pretend. Let me pretend for a second that I'm going to put on my I'm going to put on my writer's hat and let me pretend. I've had now an additional year conservatively to look at the position of this film, to look at the things that have happened, to look at the plans of the MCU. They've planned out further. We've had a captain America and the winter soldier Falcon and the winter soldier. Now captain America and the winter soldier play out. If I had gone back, I would have enlisted the help of John Walker and us agent. And I would have introduced him with Val as part of that end scene and just say, we're putting a team together or something just that line alone that would have teased a grander uh, role for Black Widow in the MCU, I think would have left people a lot more satisfied with that ending rather than I'm going to send you out to kill Hawkeye, the guy who effectively killed your sister. I, I think the existence of Val herself is enough to achieve that. I don't think we need John Walker. I had a couple of people... I had a couple people in the theater go, who's she? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I actually. You should have been in the Dolby. All of us got it. Yeah. Well, those I, guys. I actually thought that, and I think we were mentioning it before we went live, um, that it was actually good to have seen her, you know, yes. in the Falcon and Winter Soldier prior yes. to that. Because it really, to me, made that scene 
you know, yeah, make a whole lot more a, sense. Yeah, if this had been a standalone, it would have fallen flat, completely yeah. flat to see that. I, I am of the belief that this scene is different than what we would have gotten last May. I think there would have been far more of an introduction of Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. I think you because think? she'd already been introduced, I believe, I don't think you put Julie Louis-Dreyfus and one reference of Valentina without explaining anything else. I think that this scene is very different had it appeared last May when it was originally supposed to before the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think this scene was reshot and but, changed just a little bit. I was going to say, but how it played it out was she already knew her, so we don't need the backstory of her name and all that. So you're saying we, maybe we, the original... But you're saying the original version was her doing the whole John Walker explaining who she is, maybe? Possible, yeah. Not necessarily. I just think we get more of an introduction as to who who she is rather than just one name drop of Valentina. I think you at least get a full reference of her full name or something. I think this scene worked really this post-credit scene worked really, really well because we've already been introduced to her character and how goofy she is because her blowing her nose does not have the same effect now or then as it does now. Now it's funny because we kind of have learned her personality through the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, I think I, in my, and we'll, we may never know this. I think that this scene is different than what would have come out. Pre I think we'll know. I think at some point Kevin will let us all know. And that, that's just my personal opinion. I think it plays really, really well now. I do not believe it would have played well then. Yeah. So, guys, we're looking at a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, an 81% critic score, 96% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's certified fresh, and a 68% on Metacritic, which is pretty pretty low. Pretty low. Metacritic is always pretty rough. Yeah, where yeah. would you guys say numerically this fell for you, Dwayne? Uh, or what kind of scale here? The to a hundred or one out of ten? Let's do one out of ten. Uh, I for me, I would say it's probably about a nine. I really enjoyed it. Wow, yeah, I mean, at least eight and a half or nine. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I get the the holes, you know, where it's you know out of place and things like that. I enjoyed the backstory, I enjoy her character, and I also really enjoyed uh, getting to know Yelena leading into so that you know that's where i'd be marky mark how, how's this rack up for you uh i give it a seven and a half it's definitely in the top half of the mcu for me i'm i'm about there too i it's borderline top 10 in the mcu for me which this is my second favorite film franchise of all time um and it's more consistent than my favorite film franchise of all time um i do I would put it borderline top ten? I really, really enjoyed this film more than I, more than I expected to. I think seven and a half is is pretty darn fair. That audience score of ninety six percent will go down. People will nitpick the crap out of this movie. I think it would be really fair to give this like an eighty three or an eighty four percent. It's gonna it's gonna age well for me. I will watch this one. Uh, it will get a lot of replay for me. Um, yes. I will watch it piggybacking off of Civil War. Again, I don't have a lot bad to say about the film except i really wish that we had gotten it many years ago so it just diminished i guess you could say the uh the like if i had would have anxiety or like it, again it lowered the stakes for me that i i wasn't on the edge of my seat so to speak except for that one scene with taskmaster where it just literally scared the crap out of me 
but um, it had heart. It had great action sequences. If anything, this effectively passed the baton to the next Black Widow for me. I'm really excited for Florence Pugh. I think that she is going to knock it out of the park. And I love Scar- Scarlett Joe. I love her. She is a national treasure. I wish her well. I thank her for her time in the MCU. Thank you for your time as Black Widow. And we will like she's going to be missed. But this film is for me. It's a, it's a B minus. So wait, what number are you giving it, Mark? Eighty four. Eighty four. Oh on a scale of one to ten. Oh oh oh! On a scale of one to ten, eight point two. Oh, it, it trapped a little bit. He's he's a teacher at heart. You got to remember that. It's all, it's all letter grades. It's all letter grades. It's all letter grades, man. So now joining us in the show, um, he was actually in the movie while we were recording this. Very, I mean, I wouldn't say spur of the moment's the right word, but we did we did decide we wanted to get this out to you guys. Um, Rob, you have just gotten home from seeing Black Widow. We've discussed everything that we could think about it. We loved David Harbour's character of Alexei Shostakov in The Red Guardian. There was We loved the action. We had a few nitpicky things. We think audiences might nitpick a little bit more. But overall, Rob, what did you think of the movie? Overall, I loved it. I think it was a wonderful arc to complete her story. Um, I love the family jokes, the sisterly jokes. I think that's definitely going to play well. I love the choice to make Taskmaster a woman. I did not see that coming just because I, I had his voice in my head. I had that, that man Taskmaster voice. Um, love that they, I love that story. Love that they had to put this after Endgame because her flat out murdering that little girl to get out of it kind of reminded me of Kylo Ren when he had killed too many people. He had to die at the end. I feel the same way about her. I know I'm hitting a lot of spots in one thing. No, keep going. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I expected an Anthony Masters, like hearing Taskmaster's voice, not getting Anthony Masters. But I think the way they pulled this off was was brilliant storytelling. They built it up just right. Um, I think she was a great villain. We were wondering, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this. She's still got that chip in the back of her head. Do you think we'll ever see a reemergence of Taskmaster? Um, that, that's a very interesting thought. I was wondering if he was going to play more into the, into the multiverse. I, I can't tell one way or another. I think maybe is the best answer. If they, if they, if somebody finds a way to control them and uses them as a villain in the future, all the, all the widows and Taskmaster could lead them. That's always a possibility. I do feel like this is the most self-contained story within the MCU that we've got since, I mean, I would say since Thor The Dark World, but that actually has played many dividends within Avengers Endgame and Loki and everything else. So, I mean, probably since, I mean, Doctor Strange is fairly self-contained for now. Um, this this could play into the future. It could. It could. Let's get your thoughts on the post credit scene. How excited are you for another Black Widow? And we knew it was coming, um, but how we're going to see the reappearance of Yelena Belova being the antagonist, at least one of the antagonists of the Hawkeye series. Which is, again, it's genius the way that now they already introduced that character. So when that character starts and if, if she's in episode one, boom, we already know who she is. And this is what they do. This is what they continue to do, setting it up so well. And uh, I, yeah, it's just it's coming together for the future of whatever it is that they're building, which I don't know everything, but it's going to be amazing. IMDb has it as a 7.4. What would you rate this movie out of 10? Ooh. I, I see I think I, I might rate Marvel too generously. I'll go 8.2. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I like Mark this said, guy. I love it. 
Because I had a death friend. You, spot on. Is that what you said? Yeah, you would you would win both showcases right now if you were playing. In- <laughs> it's a it's a it's a complete story. It moves the MCU forward. I, I didn't feel there was too much out of at, I didn't feel there was too much out of place for it. It was it it was it was good. A nice comedy blend in there too. I didn't expect as much comedy. It felt more like a James Bond film than it did an MCU film, and I mean that in a kind in a kind way. I think they they pulled off the psychological spy thriller. Um, pretty darn well. It was not what I was expecting this movie to be in all the right ways. Yeah, but- I, I did. I I thought they were going to do even more on the past. I didn't know it was just going to be so much in that right post Civil War area. But they have a lot of space in there to put a movie. It's actually really brilliant, and they can reuse these characters now. If we ever change the name of Earth's White Mightiest Weirdos, I think we just found our new podcast name: Rating Marvel Too Generously, starring <laughs> Mark, Mark, Brian, and Rob. <laughs> Rob, thank you so much for joining us on the back end. Um, I'm glad we got your thoughts. We will talk more Black Widow on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos in coming weeks. Um, and if, again, if you're watching this on YouTube on Tuesday night, leave us a comment. Let us know you're watching it. We're glad we had all four Earth's Mightiest Weirdos join us, even if it was for just a brief time. And Dwayne, thank you so much for filling in. It has been 727 days since the last time we had an opening night in the MCU. That was so, so much fun. And we've got Monday night coming up to discuss episode five of Loki, which was oh, absolutely man. incredible. We have the series finale of Loki coming next Wednesday. We just got announced today, Marvel Studios What If coming October, August 11th. And holy crap, that looks like I am fired lot. up for What If. Oh my goodness, I'm fired up. There is an alligator Loki Funko Pop that has dropped. There is so many good things happening in the MCU. But, gentlemen, it was so great to return to the movies to see Marvel Studios. We get to do it again in about nine weeks for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Let's do it. For Earth's Mightiest Weirdos and United We Fan and This Is Life podcast, thank you so much for joining us in the Red Room.